0: Hey Future Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. And I'm Andy. And we are the hosts of Unnatural, a true crime podcast.
1: Each week we'll dive into some of the most unnerving crimes that this unnatural world has to offer.
0: Listen for Unnatural on Apple Podcasts,
1: Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, make good choices. And don't get got.
0: Bye. Bye. I'm Dee Dee West and I'm Summer and this is Broken Limelight so real quick did you guys hear the end of the last episode where Summer said something about like this is reminding me of R. Kelly and (laughs) for some reason I went oh (laughs) before moving on and talking so who else heard that and their brain went who lives in a pineapple under the sea? (laughs) i re-listened to it and i was just like why the fuck did i do it like that (laughs) okay so um this is part two of the monica Lewinsky and bill clinton story so let's try to recap where we left off so this was about november 1997 so at this point Paula Jones's lawyers, remember Paula Jones is the one who um, filed a lawsuit against Bill Clinton for assaulting her in 1994. Her lawyers are now going after any possible witness or person who could have been involved with Bill Clinton in like a sexual relationship. Right. Where we left off in the last episode, Linda had just been subpoenaed in the Paula Jones case, and she also named Monica as a potential witness, which meant Monica was about to get subpoenaed. So the president had been requested to provide a list of any women other than his wife with whom he had had or proposed having or sought to have a sexual relationship with during the time that he was either Attorney General of Arkansas, Governor of Arkansas, or President of the United States. President Clinton objected to this, and he refused to answer this. So... I mean, like, none you know? (laughs) That's really funny that you said that, because... (laughs) He ended up, like, being ordered by the judge to respond, so he just wrote, none. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, he, like, complied without complying,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah,
0: no. <laughs> so, on December 5th, 97, the attorneys for the Paula Jones case identified Monica Lewinsky as a potential witness in the sexual harassment case, so... They faxed their witness list over to the president's attorney, whose name was Robert Bennett, but Monica didn't actually learn that she was involved in the case for another 12 days when the president told her.
1: Oh, so she found out by Bill Clinton that she was in the case.
0: Yeah, Um. so that was December 5th. So then on December 15th, Paula Jones's lawyer served the president with a second set of documents that... um. Or I'm sorry, a second set of document requests, and they requested it by overnight mail. And these pre- uh, these requests asked the president to produce documents that related to communications between him and Monica Lewinsky. This was actually the very first discovery in the Paula Jones case that referred to Monica Lewinsky by name. Oh. And then a couple days later, on December 17th, the president called up Monica in the middle of the night, and that was when he finally told her that she was on the witness list and she might have to testify under oath in the Paula Jones case. And Monica said? According to Monica, the president said it broke his heart to see her name on the witness list. He told her that she wouldn't necessarily be subpoenaed, but if she were... He suggested that she sign an affidavit to try to satisfy uh, Paula's lawyers and not be deposed. He also told her that if she was subpoenaed, to say that she only came to the White House to see Betty. On December twenty eighth, Monica met with Bill Clinton in the adjoining study to the Oval Office, where she gave him several Christmas gifts. They kissed a little bit, but then later that day, um, Betty, the secretary, drove to Monica's apartment, and she collected a box that contained some of the gifts that were included in this. They were named in the subpoena. So Betty took the box home and hid it under her bed.
1: Betty is a... Ballsy Betty. Yeah, ballsy Betty. Really, really is a ride or die. (laughs) Betty's like, that's going to cost you extra, Mr. Clinton.
0: (laughs) Betty's bad. (laughs) Bad Betty. (laughs) Among the items that Monica was required to produce were each and every gift, including, but not limited to, any and all dresses, accessories, and jewelry and or hat pins given to you by or on behalf of Defendant Clinton, as well as every document constituting or containing communications between you and Defendant Clinton, including letters, cards, notes, memoranda, and all telephone records. It was around this time that Monica realized that she needed to come up with some kind of plan uh, of what to do in case Linda Tripp ended up divulging all the all the information that she knew about the affair.
1: Well, clearly, honey, she already has.
0: It's so funny that she hasn't realized it at this point.
1: It's like, but it, who do you think is telling them that you have hat pins and dresses and accessories from the president?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder what she thought was happening. It, I guess it just kind of
1: shows how, like,
0: young and naive she is. Yeah, exactly. She was really trusting. So in January, about a month later, Monica filed an affidavit denying ever having had a sexual relationship with President Clinton. She told Linda, I'm not concerned all that much anymore because I'm not going to get in trouble because you know what? The story I've signed under oath is what someone else is saying under oath. When Linda asked who, Monica responded, he will, referring to the president. Does that make sense? Yeah, so basically she's saying
1: I'm lying under oath, but someone else is too, and then Yeah, they're gonna
0: corroborate it. Yeah. Okay, that's it. But then you're telling
1: Linda the fucking flappy mouth bitch that (laughs) I know. And I can't believe I never mind. I know. There's two sides to this, and I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton, that your husband cheated on you. I'm very sorry. Go on.
0: Um, remind me to say something about that later about Hillary, because uh, I, I don't, I don't want to forget to say something. Well, because this is this is focused
1: on Monica and how she came up and how she's having this relationship with a man who is legally probably not allowed to get a divorce so in her mind he wants to be with her i mean he might be able to i don't know i don't know laws about presidency and divorces and stuff but i mean yeah we we understand that hillary is his wife um and we don't condone like cheating and things like that but it's not a, this isn't a story about hillary clinton so
0: yeah yeah yeah, and I I feel like we can say something about Hillary, but it, it's very much like a side note, right? Um, like if anything, you know, if we want to say anything bad about Monica, what we can call her is a homewrecker, maybe, but that's right. about it, you know? Yeah. yeah, I can't really think of any any other reason to. We've all been her.
1: young and in love with someone who probably wasn't great for us and this is no different it's just on a I mean, way higher scale i mean it was like a
0: celebrity she had a crush on you know yep monica actually told linda that she didn't think the president was going to slip up at his desp- uh, at his deposition because monica was not a big issue like jennifer flowers and paula jones jennifer flowers was another another woman who uh had some kind of relationship with the president and i'll i'll tell you a bit about that um after this story but it was around the same time period um and it was pretty well known but either way monica kind of regarded herself in comparison to the others she caught she kind of thought of herself as just like a rumor she didn't think it was going to be as serious as all the other ones which is funny now isn't it
1: yeah because that's all you hear about you don't think i I literally
0: had to tell you who jennifer flowers was (laughs)
1: And she's like, oh, I'm not a big deal like Jennifer Flowers. No. (laughs) Who? Except this is like 30 years later. I
0: know. (laughs) Who's Jennifer Flowers? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so on Saturday, January 17th, 1998, President Bill Clinton testified under oath at a deposition in the Jones case. Judge Susan Weber Wright traveled from Little Rock, Arkansas, to preside at the deposition in Washington, D.C., Judge Wright accepted, I'm sorry, this is kind of an important detail. So Judge Wright accepted the following definition of the term sexual relations. For the purpose of this deposition, a person engages in sexual relations when the person knowingly engages in or causes contact with the genitalia, anus, groin, breast, inner thigh or buttocks of any person with an intent to arouse or gratify the sexual desire of any person. Contact means intentional touching, either directly or through clothing. Over the course of the extensive questioning, the president testified that he had seen Monica Lewinsky on two or three occasions during the government shutdown in the fall of 1995, including one occasion when she brought pizza to him and one or two other occasions when she delivered documents to him. He could not recall whether he had been alone with Monica on such occasions, although he acknowledged that it was possible. The president further testified that he could not remember the subject of any conversations with Miss Lewinsky. I, I, heard, I heard that he actually was like, I don't remember her. I remember her sitting back there with a pizza one time. It's like, dude.
1: <laughs> He's like, yeah. I saw her sat- sitting back there with a the pizza. Like, what a dick. Dude. He's like, I remember the girl with the pizza.
0: I know. <laughs> this poor girl with the fucking weight. He's like, like and only because I
1: love pepperoni.
0: On January 18th, Betty and the president had a meeting that took place at her desk outside of the Oval Office. According to Betty, the president appeared concerned, and he told Betty, So I had my deposition uh, yesterday, and they asked me questions about Monica Lewinsky. There are a few things that you may want to know. So then he started making a series of statements. He was like, So you were always there when she was there, right? And then he was like, we were never really alone, right? Monica came on to me, but I never touched her, right? You can see and hear everything that goes on here, right? So Betty testified that based on the president's demeanor and the way he was making these statements, the president clearly wanted her to agree with them. So Betty did agree. In fact, when he was like, you were always there when she was there, right? She was like, well, yeah. However, when she was before the grand jury, she acknowledged um, she acknowledged that there was a possibility that Monica could have visited the White House when she wasn't there. With respect to her comment about the president never being really alone with Monica Lewinsky, Betty testified that there were several occasions when the president and Monica were either in the Oval Office or in the study without anybody else present, without anybody else present. But... Betty explained that she didn't consider him to be alone on these occasions because she was at her desk right outside of the Oval Office. So according to her, they were all like in the same general area. So she wasn't really lying when she said that. She testified that for all intents and purposes, the president is never truly alone. There's always somebody around him. During this meeting, he also told Betty, Monica wanted to have sex with me, but I told her I couldn't do that. So he's, like, throwing
1: her under the bus.
0: He's basically telling her, like, you don't know shit, you know? He's like, you didn't see anything, like, well, you, nothing could have possibly gone on behind your back, you know? But him being like, yeah, she wanted to have
1: sex with me, like, he's oh, throwing, throwing Monica, Monica under, under the bus. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: He's basically trying to make her seem like like a fangirl, you know? Like, well, you can't blame me because girls like me, you know? Right. <laughs> So, Linda, remember, Linda Tripp is the shitty, like, best friend that works with Monica and has been recording their conversation since September, I think.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and Monica still doesn't know this, but that's... (laughs) So, anyway, Linda knew that Monica, when she filed the affidavit in January, like, she basically was making a false statement saying that she didn't have an affair with the president. So Linda knew that this was a fake, like a false statement. So on January 12th, she contacted Ken Starr's office, which remember Ken Starr is the guy who was already investigating Bill Clinton. He was investigating Bill Clinton for Whitewater. And then he was kind of like getting interested in the Paula Jones case. And now Linda's hitting him up like, Hey, this girl's been sleeping with him for like just short of two years. So she called him up and showed him the tapes. By this point, Ken was like really trying hard to, to, to get him impeached. So these tapes included conversations where Monica detailed her sexual relationship with the president. And she also indicated that Bill Clinton and his friend, Vernon Jordan may have told her to lie under oath. And like, Ken Starr was actually also looking into Vernon Jordan for some whole other thing, so he was looking at both of them and trying to catch them, just like with anything. After talking to Linda, Ken Starr got permission to expand his investigation, which allowed him to formally investigate the possibility of perjury and obstruction of justice by Bill Clinton in the Paula Jones case. Linda then met up with Monica at the Ritz-Carlton while wearing a wire. And the FBI were actually like, like right outside, like, like in surrounding rooms. But Monica had no idea and never didn't find out until afterwards.
1: Oh, wow.
0: On January 17th, 1998, Bill Clinton gave a sworn deposition as part of the Jones lawsuit, where he denied having a sexual relationship with Monica. A few days later, he addressed the nation in a now notorious public statement in which he stated, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. So Monica's name blew the fuck up. Investigators were not only threatening to throw her in prison for perjury, but they also threatened to her, they also threatened to throw her mother in jail for knowing about the affair and keeping it a secret. Also, remember how she had gone to Vernon Jordan and he um, He got her a job at Revlon because supposedly her name had been, like, blacklisted at the White House. So she was all excited to... She had, like, left her job at the White House, and Vernon Jordan, who's friends with the president and, like, an advisor, I think, he helped Monica, like, get all these interviews, and she got hired with, like, the Revlon Corporation in New York. Well, after this all happened and the president made that statement, Revlon took their job back. They they recanted the job offer. Oh, no. So, over the next few months, Monica's life just fucking sucked. Like, her name was everywhere and everybody knew her face. She couldn't get away from this story. On April 1st, the court dismissed the Paula Jones lawsuit on the grounds that Paula failed to demonstrate any damages. What? I know. Um, however, she appealed it, and while the dismissal was on appeal, Bill Clinton entered into an out-of-court settlement and agreed to pay Paula Jones $850,000.
1: $850,
0: $850,000? Isn't that interesting? Hmm. I think she was going for 750000 so that was, like, a good enough win. Um. Unfortunately, however, before Paula's uh, lawsuit had been, like, wrapped up, her marriage fell apart she had also like she was so much in the in the um in the public eye that like and people made fun of her it was it was so sad because nobody took her seriously because she was like small and kind of pretty and she had braces and she had a really big nose so she ended up getting a nose job because like everybody was talking about her like she was just this dumb country girl from arkansas with the big nose so um she got a uh, a nose job which was paid for by a donor.
1: Oh. Uh, and I am going
0: to post pictures of her on uh, on brokenlimelight.com. But it's it's crazy that it even became a subject of, con- of conversation to me, you know. It just goes to show how like this whole thing in a time when women literally were just there for you to look at and use. And then things that it, things just kept getting harder for her. So in in 1994 some semi-nude Photographs of Paula that were taken by her ex-boyfriend were released by Penthouse. Oh, she tried to fight it, but she lost. So in 2000, she ended up voluntarily posing for more photos. What happened was, like, she didn't have a lot of money. She had like a lot of like debt from her uh from her lawsuit. Um, so she ended up like and like she couldn't get that picture out of pub the public eye. So she ended up um. She ended up voluntarily, like, posing for different magazines and stuff. She later posed for photos illustrating an article called The Perils of Paula Jones in the December 2000 issue, citing the pressures of a large tax bill and two young sons to support. Hmm. That sucks. They, like, recreated this in the American uh, American Crime uh, Story show, Impeachment. Monica revealed that she was on set when they recreated her infamous, uh, Paula Jones's infamous penthouse shoot. And she said, it was a very moving scene. As I was watching that episode, I realized at some point after 1998, all of us were offered millions to pose for penthouse and Playboy. Because I came from an upper middle-class family, I was able to say no. It was an eye-opening moment for me. Sometimes there are sex-positive decisions that are made, but that's not this. Someone was worried about paying the rent, so this was their only option. And that's really interesting because Monica was a very sex positive person. And like she said, like she grew up in, in Beverly Hills with all these opportunities. Like and she was able to say no. And Paula Jones had to get a donated nose job and like post for penthouse just to pay the bills.
1: Right. And she was sexually assaulted versus Monica who willingly Yeah, that's another good
0: point. That's a really good point.
1: I mean, not to say that one's better than the other, but
0: yeah, but but it says a lot, and maybe that, and maybe that's the thing. You know how they say that like people seek out people, or predators seek out people with like vulnerabilities, and like who knows? Maybe Monica carried herself with a lot of like confidence because of you know who she was and where she came from. Right. Exactly. And.
1: And he thought he could just take advantage of Laura and be like, I'm, I'm here for you. Paula. Paula. Why did I say yeah. Laura? <laughs> I don't think she's anybody. <laughs>
0: anyway. Um, All right. <laughs> on July 28th, 1998, Monica turned over the navy blue dress that had the president's semen on it. <gasps> she turned it over to Star- to Kenneth Starr's investigators. So then a couple days later on August 3rd, Bill Clinton is asked for a blood sample. The semen was compared to his blood sample and it confirmed that the semen on the dress belonged to President Bill Clinton. Okay, so what made
1: Monica turn that in? Is she like pissed at this point?
0: Well, I think it was because they had threatened to put her mom in prison. I think she she I don't I think she would have died with this information she would have never told anybody if it weren't for that right? like her and her mom were both at risk of going to prison now because I'm pretty sure like she told her mom a lot and it was in the recordings that her mom knew this so otherwise I don't think she would have ever said anything but at this point she's like they're like you have to tell us everything so that's why the star report the star report is so detailed On August 17th, 1998, Bill Clinton became the first sitting president to testify before the Office of Independent Counsel as the subject of grand jury investigation. He admitted to having an inappropriate relationship with Monica Lewinsky, but said he never asked anyone to lie, hide, or destroy evidence or to take any unlawful action. Lies. During his grand jury testimony, the president was asked whether Monica Lewinsky performed oral sex on him and if so, whether he had committed perjury in a, civil de- in a civil deposition by denying a sexual relationship, sexual affair, or sexual relations with her. The president refused to say whether he had had oral sex. Instead, the president said that the undefined terms sexual affair, sexual relationship, and sexual relations necessarily require sexual intercourse, and also that he had not engaged in intercourse with Monica Lewinsky, and that he, therefore, had not committed perjury in denying having a sexual relationship affair or sexual relations. Okay, so let me clear that up. So remember when I said that the judge had accepted this, like, general definition of sexual contact? Right. Well, he was arguing that what he did with Monica does not fall into that category. Oh. So and that's why every time they asked him, well, did you have oral sex? Did you do this? He would just be like, I did not have sexual contact, like, you know, like, under the definition that I was asked. And then they would keep asking him, and he'd just be like, I refer to my previous statement. Like, remember, he was a lawyer, and, like, from what I heard, he was a pretty good lawyer. I guess that depends on who you ask. But I always forget that, you know? That it's like, well, obviously, there's a reason he, like, the way, he, he, he obviously argued his way out of this, you know? Have you ever heard the part where he, like... He says something like, it depends on what your definition of the word is, is. Have you heard that? No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another Bill Clinton quote. Um, And I, I had to really like Google it. To, I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And basically, it's like he was asked something like, is there a sexual relationship? And he's like, at the time, there was not. Right. He was like, nope. You know, is there? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> After he, uh, the president made that comment about it, it depends on what the meaning of is, is. He was asked, do you mean today that because you were not engaging in sexual activity with Monica Lewinsky during the deposition that the statement, uh, that statement might be literally true? So he's like, so because you're not sleeping with her now? <laughs> and he's like, no, sir. I mean that at the time of the deposition, that was well beyond any point of improper contact between me and Winsky. Does that make sense? Like, I just don't understand how he, they just accepted these words, you know? I
1: should if I know. <laughs> how you mentioned at the beginning, like, if you disassociate when, like, these
0: technical
1: uh-huh. things come out. Yeah, that's me. Like, I dis- I'm i just, like, right off in the distance. I'm like, oh, what did I, I know for lunch yesterday?
0: <laughs> yeah. So on September 9th, 1998, Kenneth Starr delivered the Starr Report, which was basically his referral to Congress of what he thought should be done. And he cited 11 possible impeachable offenses. On October 8th, ninety eight, the United States House of Representatives initiated the impeachment process. And on December 11th, ninety eight, the House Judiciary Committee agreed to send three articles of impeachment for consideration. So. In order to convict on any of the charges and remove the president from office, a two thirds vote would have been needed. So, like 66, 67%. So, basically, they ended up only voting for two of the charges, which were grand jury perjury and obstruction of justice. For the perjury charge, um, it was 45 votes for conviction and 55 against. And the obstruction of justice charge was 50 for conviction and 50 against. So, like I said, in short, it they would have needed a two thirds vote in order to impeach the president and get him out of office. But they didn't. They had remember they had 50 50 for one. So unfortunately, like, yeah, they started the proceedings and everything, and they voted to impeach, and there just wasn't enough votes. So basically all his talking about like the definition of is and sexual contact and all that like got him out of it.
1: Uh, so basically, he was acquitted because they couldn't prove that he was actively having an affair with Monica. Because remember, he was mostly being, was being acquitted, or he if was if mostly that was the case. The articles
0: then... of impeachment that they accepted was obstruction of justice and perjury so everything else like all the sexual assault because remember they had like dropped paula jones's case and everything so they basically he was he kept arguing that none of this is relevant they basically were only able to go after him for the perjury so he was like well if i didn't lie you know so basically that was it he was like well i didn't lie and they were ended up being like you know they have to have um what's it called reasonable beyond a reasonable doubt basically like that was it they're like well i don't know that he was lying based on his definitions you know and i I think that says a lot about lawyers just being like a little bit smarter than us and it's like well shit i can't i can't argue that one you know (laughs) define is like he really fucking confused everybody with that they're like what do you mean i've never i've never been asked that before
1: Right, right. And it's, I don't know, that's all crazy to me. (laughs) How people can just, like, maneuver their way out, even though you know, like, you know that they did or that they were lying, but they're like, I wasn't lying. I was just lying really, really well.
0: (laughs) Regarding the president's deposition, this is what the judge wrote. Simply put, the president's deposition testimony regarding whether he had ever been alone with Miss Lewinsky was intentionally false, and his statements regarding whether he had ever engaged in sexual relations relations with Monica Lewinsky likewise were intentionally false on the day before leaving office on January twentieth, two thousand one. Bill Clinton, in what amounted to a plea bargain, agreed to a five-year suspension of his Arkansas law license and to pay a twenty five thousand dollar fine as part of an agreement with independent counsel Robert Ray to end the investigation without the filing of any criminal charges for perjury or obstruction of justice. Bill Clinton was automatically suspended from the United States Supreme Court bar as a result of his law license suspension. However, as is customary, he was allowed 40 days to appeal the otherwise automatic disbarment. Clinton resigned from the Supreme Court bar during the 40 day appeals period. Um. Okay. So um, that was basically it. So he, um, He turned over. He's like, I had to stop practicing law. And that was it. That was the end of Bill Clinton. Monica Lewinsky talked about this a lot after all this, because, of course, she couldn't escape like her infamy, you know? So she was even people even even asked her that like why she didn't change her name or anything. And she just always felt like, like, why should I have to, you know, like this wasn't me or my fault. Like I was just, you know, being a 22 year old with a crush. She, like I said, she had helped out a lot with the American Crime Story impeachment season. She confirmed that a lot of the moments, like when, like, I don't know, there's a part where Vernon Jordan's character, like, patted Monica on the butt. And Monica confirmed that that really happened. Or, like, when Bill wore a tie that Monica gave him, she he wore it to his grand jury testimony. And that actually happened. She also referenced, like, When she was, when she had to, like, tell her whole story, she had to listen to hours and hours of the recorded tapes that the tapes that were secretly recorded by Linda. And she said, listening to yourself on tape when you don't know you're being recorded was one of the lower moments for me in 1998.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, even us recording this podcast, like there's certain things that we're like, all right, we're going to take out of there because like. It, it's maybe something personal that we talked about, you know, and the whole world is just going to hear it without her permission.
0: And she was talking to her best friend. Like, I I don't know about you, but like, have you ever just like been an absolute wreck over a breakup and you just like, you're so embarrassing, you know, like you could be like blubbering and like slobbering crying and just saying like, anything the stupidest shit about right. how like you want to die because, you know, yeah. like, yeah, just, you know what I mean? And she had that all recorded. So another person who was heavily scrutinized for their appearance was Linda Tripp. Um, Like I said before, Linda Tripp seems to be, like, a really unlikable person. Um, And her stance was basically that everything she did was to take down the president and to protect others from him. So she basically was like, I didn't do anything wrong this whole time. She insisted that she constantly told Monica, you deserve better. You don't deserve this. So... To her, she's like, I'm being a good friend, you know? But, like, everyone in America hated Linda Tripp, and they were calling her a backstabber and treacherous.
1: How come... Oh, sorry. I just... I was looking at pictures of Linda Tripp, and she looks older in her, like, 90s pictures than she does in the You know why? Season.
0: Why? She got, she got plastic surgery.
1: Oh. Because of all this.
0: So... Linda was like five foot ten, and she walked like with a hunchback, and um, she ended up under a lot of scrutiny for because she like everybody hated her, but she was also ugly. So she ended up getting a nose job, a chin tuck, plastic surgery, and liposuction. Oh, <laughs> did you see? Did you see the before and after? <laughs> Look up a before and after. Oh, I did. But um, have you
1: seen? <laughs> have you seen the Saturday Night Live?
0: yeah with uh John Goodman with John Goodman and uh oh what is that girl's name the one from um Superstar oh I can't remember her name
1: oh that's what it's called
0: right Superstar oh you have to watch okay I'm gonna put that on the website too because it's fucking funny
1: it just killed me like seeing that because all I see is like fucking funny.
0: it's funny like can you imagine just being a woman and John Goodman is playing you not even, like, a pretty little guy, you know? It's John... It's fucking Roseanne Barr's husband, you know? Exactly! <laughs> D- Dan is fucking playing... Yeah, it's, fucking that Dan. is messed up, you know? That is a burn.
1: Okay, but the funny thing is is because I'm on Google Images, so, like, I see him next to her, and I'm kind of like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. It works. So, um, remember I was telling you that they had Sarah Paulson play her, and I was like, it's incredible, the prosthetics, because she doesn't look like herself at all. I mean, Sarah Paulson. Like, she looks a lot like Linda Tripp. But then in the show, they have Linda Tripp go through plastic surgery, and then it looks like Paul- like Sarah Paulson. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, because they give her, like, fake teeth and, like, a fake nose and, like, extra neck, and they, like and padded shoulders and a bodysuit which is like a whole other topic of conversation there's a lot of like conversation about whether it's okay to wear fat suits or not as opposed to just like hiring a fat person but she she just had like this extra padding and honestly she did an amazing job so I don't know I mean that one's kind of art but a whole nother conversation again and she has stuff to say about that too but um anyway like I said it's like she has this Fake teeth and a fake nose and fake neck in the beginning, and then, after her plastic surgery, it's like, Oh, there's Sarah Paulson underneath all that,
1: right. I'm looking at the picture of Paula Jones, and I see the before and after of her as well.
0: Mm. I'll post that one, okay, so I do want to um recap on some of the other cases of sexual- uh, i'm sorry, the other cases of sexual assault, so first of all, let's talk about Kathleen Willie um if you remember kathleen willie was somebody who i mentioned in the last episode she was like a co-worker and friend or acquaintance of linda Tripps. so kathleen willie was the one who came forward with an um, allegations against president bill clinton but linda and like six other people were like no that was definitely consensual kathleen went looking for a relationship or like an affair with him or like a fling like a hookup and she came out of there like smiling and like her hair all messed up but she looked like post orgasm you know so yeah anyway kathleen willie was granted immunity in this um ken Starr and his team actually determined that she lied under oath repeatedly to his investigators and they ended up concluded concluding that there was insufficient evidence to continue pursuing her allegations against president clinton in 2007, though, she published a book called Target Caught in the Crosshairs of Bill and Hillary Clinton, which was about her experiences with the Clintons in the White House. In July 2015, Kathleen Willey launched an anti-Clinton website called A Scandal a Day. An anti-Clinton website. Okay, so um, like I said, these allegations of sexual assault against Bill Clinton were not the only ones. I I wanted to avoid going into detail about these cases that didn't relate to modicates all that much, but I'm going to tell you now about a couple of other women who came forward with similar allegations in case you're still listening. (laughs) One could say that there is a pattern of this alleged behavior of Bill Clinton's. So uh, first I had mentioned Jennifer flowers. So Jennifer flowers is an American author, singer, model, actress and she was a former employee of the state of Arkansas, and she was also um, a TV journalist. So during Bill Clinton's 1992 presidential election campaign, Jennifer Flowers came forward to say that she had had a 12-year extramarital relationship with Bill Clinton and that he had assisted her in securing a job as an admin assistant with the Arkansas Appeal Tribunal. The state of Arkansas had fired Flowers in early 92 for failing to show up to work, after Bill Clinton denied having a relationship with her on 60 Minutes, she held a press conference where she played tape recordings that she, she had secretly made of phone calls with Bill Clinton. I wonder if that's where um, uh, Lucianne Goldberg got that idea. Probably. In, in January 1998, Bill Clinton had a deposition where he was denying um, Kathleen Willey's uh, uh, accusations against him. And during that deposition, he actually admitted that he had had a sexual encounter with Jennifer Flowers. However, he said that it was only one occasion in 1977. Again, she says that it was 12 years. As of 2007, Jennifer Flowers actually lives in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hmm. Yeah, interestingly, during this time, she was broadly supportive of the presidential campaign of Hillary Clinton, saying that she wanted to support her own gender. She also denied that she had any interest whatsoever in getting back out there and bashing Hillary Clinton. But then, in 2016, Flowers tweeted her support for the presidential campaign of Donald Trump. So I wonder what happened there, if if it's irrelevant or not, if something happened there, or if she just decided to change her stance. It's interesting that she was supporting Hillary in the first place, though, isn't it? Yeah. Huh. So then there's another lady named Juanita Broderick. In 1999, she appeared in an episode of Dateline NBC, and she alleged that in the late 70s, she was a uh, like a, a campaign volunteer for Bill Clinton. And she alleged that, I believe it was 1978, that Bill Clinton raped her in her hotel room. Oh my god. According to her, she agreed to meet with Bill Clinton for coffee in the lobby of her hotel, but then Bill Clinton asked if they could go to her room to avoid a crowd of reporters. So she agreed. Broderick stated that once Clinton had isolated her in her hotel room, he raped her. She said that he actually bit her lip during the assault and, like, like making her bleed, which is pretty fucking dramatic, right? What the hell? However, Bill Clinton denied these allegations through his lawyer. Now, a lot of people didn't believe Juanita because in the beginning, she she actually denied having been raped by him. But she later said that she only denied being raped under oath to protect her privacy. Because she was too ashamed to admit it? Yeah, probably because, I mean, well, look at what happened to Monica, you know. Oh, true. Uh, Supporters of Clinton have also noted that Juanita continued to support him and appear at public events uh, weeks after the alleged rape and Juanita said that she couldn't remember exactly the day or the month of the alleged incident. So a lot of people, like, don't believe her.
1: I mean, that's a little fishy.
0: Yeah. Um, she did state that in 1978, she revealed this alleged assault to five uh, intimates. What does that mean? Like, five close friends, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, I'd assume it's
0: intimates? Close friends. Yeah, people close to her. And that they all advised her not to cause trouble for herself by going public.
1: Okay, but this was in 1978, and when was the,
0: when did all this come out? Uh, 1999. So it was right um, after the whole impeachment thing, because that was all 1998. I mean, that is
1: 21 years. So, I mean, I can see not remembering the month.
0: I I mean, and and this is just me trying to trying to step into her shoes for a second. I would imagine that it's because nobody would believe her. But now that it's happening to other people, it's like, okay, maybe now somebody will believe me.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: All right. Um, I got another one. <laughs> Here we go. In October 2016, a woman named Leslie Millwee accused Bill Clinton of sexually assaulting her three times in 1980. Millwee was then an employee at a now defunct Arkansas-based television statement, uh, station, and Bill Clinton was then the governor of Arkansas. According to Leslie, Bill Clinton came up behind her on three different occasions and fondled her breasts. And on one of those occasions, he rubbed his crotch against her, and came, the orgasmed, up against her. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> All right. So this was pretty recently, and I wonder. 2016 was um, that was during the Trump and Hillary election. So I wonder if. You know, it's just interesting that it, the it's the same on the timing, endings. you know? Yeah. But I mean, is it? I'm not saying it didn't happen, but. Well, I mean, I believe it probably happened, but. Oh, I, at the same time, and it's it's not to even just to say that they're like, maybe the women are just being petty, but at the same time, that's probably really traumatic to especially if they think Hillary had something to do with covering it up, you know, then right. I can imagine that's really traumatic or if to they're see they're like, the time. I don't want to
1: see her as president and have to see Bill Clinton on TV all the time knowing that he did this to me. So, I guess, you know, it you can it can be seen in different ways depending on how you interpret it. So,
0: yeah, I guess I will never really understand, you know. Right. Never never could know. Um so there's another lady <laughs> and then another one and another, another one. one another one <laughs> fucking
1: bill clinton man in
0: 1999 eileen wellstone who was a former student at university of oxford uh accused bill clinton of raping her in 1969 when they were both students at o- oxford huh yeah um wellstone or sorry eileen filed a sexual assault complaint with the university at the time but no charges were brought against bill clinton In 1991, a campaign staffer named Sandra Allen Jones accused Bill Clinton of sexually assaulting her in his hotel room. She claimed that he exposed himself to her and forced her to conduct oral sex on him while they were sitting on the couch. A former professor from the University of Arkansas claimed that Bill Clinton had groped a female student and tried to trap her in his office when he was a professor. This would later be backed up by a piece written by Daniel Harris and Teresa Hampton, which alleged that students at the university confirmed that Bill Clinton had tried to force himself on them when he was a professor.
1: Hmm. So he has a, just a very long track record of being a disgusting man who thinks that he can just touch and fondle and molest and rape women whenever he feels like it.
0: Right? It's, 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 this sounds so familiar. It's almost like he thinks he can just walk up and grab a woman by the pussy because he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. Your face>. <laughs> <laughs> this is so familiar isn't crazy. it crazy huh. so i'm not done yet um 1984 karen hinton who served in the Clinton administration under secretary andrew cuomo told the journalist michael Isakoff that bill clinton had harassed her at a fundraiser in 1984 she claimed that bill had been staring at her and that he wrote down his hotel room number and then a question mark on a napkin and gave it to her and she said that made her feel humiliated. These allegations were published in Isakoff's book. It's called Uncovering Clinton. I'm so I feel like
1: I'm a devil's advocate here because like I haven't voiced too much, but it's it's I question people, but then again you don't want to question people, but he so he gave You wanna her... give them the benefit
0: of the doubt, but you're trying to you're trying to be unbiased, so that's Right, good.
1: exactly. So you're telling me that he gave you his hotel room number and you were so humiliated Why? I don't understand. It's
0: or uh, I think it's a hard position to be in. I mean, it's like if he weren't the president, I might just be like, "This guy's kind of scummy." You know what I mean? But it's like because he's the president, I can imagine that it's like you can't like throw water in his face or something. You know what I mean? It's like you you kind of and not just that he probably it was probably like I don't know the way I imagine it. It's if she got offended like that and humiliated. He probably did it in front of everybody. and like, I don't know, maybe his wife was there or something. Or, or maybe he didn't, but maybe he just did it in front of everybody. And it's like, everybody knows now that he just picked me to go up to his room with him, you know, like yeah. I'm some hooker. Also, side note is,
1: is that the same Cuomo who was, was just uh, like taken out of his role because he was sexually harassing women?
0: I think so, but don't. What was his name? Andrew Cuomo, I think so. Yeah. HUD Secretary Andrew Cuomo.
1: Former governor of New York.
0: So, yeah, what we were just saying, um, when, in 2016, when Hillary Clinton was Donald Trump's opponent in the presidential election, mm-hmm. man, I had a hard time saying that. Okay. In 2016, during the election, where Hillary Clinton was against, uh, was running against Donald Trump, a recording came out where donald trump basically said how when you're famous you don't even need to ask a woman you just can walk up to them and grab them by the pussy so all of these all of these like sexual misconduct charges against bill clinton kind of like resurfaced cuz of course everybody who didn't like trump was talking shit about this which i mean maybe even people who did i don't know but then it was like the people who supported Trump were now like will remember Hillary's husband, right? Yeah. And at this time, Juanita Broderick, Kathleen Willey, and Paula Jones all reemerged, like criticizing Hillary Clinton, accusing her of enabling her husband's alleged sexual assaults on them.
1: And what is the basis for thinking that she enabled it? Do you know? I. <clears throat> I mean, not for sure. Unless, I mean, it's so hard to say because, like, we weren't there and those women were. So maybe they're like, Hillary fucking knew. How would she not? What was going on? Or maybe she didn't.
0: Yeah, maybe they know something we don't know.
1: Right. And with as long as his history is of doing things like this, like, she she married him. Like, she knows the nature of her husband. She knows that he could be flirty or sexually advanced. Yeah, you know, advance. Yeah, she
0: she has said some things about how he, you know, had a traumatic childhood, so he like kind of has like a like a sex addiction or, or more like a need to, yeah, like a compulsion kind of. Uh, but it's like, oh, hang on a second, I'm I'm about to answer your question right here. So two days after the release of that recording, Broderick, Willie, and Jones all appeared as guests guests at the second 2016 presidential debate and referenced bill clinton in pre-debate statements broderick's allegations resurfaced early in the campaign and in various interviews she stated that bill clinton raped her and hillary clinton knew about it and tried to threaten broderick into remaining silent she said that she started giving some interviews in 2015 because hillary clinton had made a statement saying that victims of sexual sexual assault should be believed and this angered Juanita Broderick. Mm. <clears throat> Hypocrisy. In November 2017, Bill Clinton was accused of sexually assaulting four women in the early 2000s. So Bill Clinton had been hired by Ron Burkle, who was a Playboy billionaire invest, uh, investor. Clinton helped Burkle generate business, and they flew around the world together with a flock of beautiful young women on Burkle's private jet, which was nicknamed Air Fug one The four women who have remained anonymous were in low-level positions at the Burkle Company. The women were in their late teens at the time and claimed that they were sexually assaulted by Bill Clinton. In 2018, Bill Clinton was asked if he would have approached the sexual misconduct allegations differently in the wake of the Me Too movement, but he said he would not. When asked if he owed Monica Lewinsky a personal apology, he also said that he did not. Now, Hillary Clinton... Hillary Clinton has remained largely silent on the topic of allegations against Bill. In her 2017 memoir called What Happened, Clinton noted, Donald Trump brought to our second debate three women who had accused my husband of bad acts decades ago. She also wrote, There were times that I was deeply unsure about whether our marriage could or should survive. But on those days, I asked myself the questions that mattered most to me. Do I still love him? And can I still be in this marriage without becoming unrecognizable to myself, twisted by anger, resentment, or remoteness? The answers were always yes, so I kept going. So the thing I wanted to say about Hillary and Monica is, like, it's kind of been, like, asked if, or, like, I think I actually said this in the last episode. Um, Monica was asked if, like, how she feels this effect or like monica was asked if she ever thought about how this affected hillary if did she ever once think about hillary you know and monica was actually really like polite in her way of answering but it's always kind of been implied that it's because hillary doesn't like to suck dick and first of all it's kind of shitty that we can even have this conversation but it's like how is it that like people can talk shit about hillary for not sucking dick and at the same time talk shit about monica for sucking dick
1: right exactly
0: like there's legitimately no right way to be a woman yeah i mean honestly it doesn't the fact that bill clinton wants to go around and find people to suck his dick doesn't that seem like a bill clinton problem yeah like that shouldn't be monica or hillary's problem like i mean like you said that's between bill and hillary's marriage you know what i mean but the fact that, like, society has kind of trashed these two, it's just kind of like either slut-shaming or prude-shaming. Like, what the fuck? Like, who cares if they want to suck dick? Like, it doesn't doesn't make anything more of you, you know? Right. And, and nobody
1: is to say that Hillary isn't like, you know what? Do whatever makes you happy, but at the end of the day, I'm your wife. Or especially in the position that they were, like, I mean, he was having an affair with a woman who worked at the White House. I mean, if that was any other person, nobody would send him to court.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that says everything about like, I mean, like Paula Jones being a state employee, she obviously wasn't the first one. Like Juanita Broderick didn't come forward, you know? And it's like we were saying earlier, like maybe this was a kind of thing about preying on people who didn't either didn't have the confidence to stand up for themselves or really didn't have a lot of friends or family or somebody to talk to, you know? Right. But yeah, anyway, that's, that's all I got. You have anything else to say
1: about this? No, I think that, uh, well, I mean, in a way, yeah. I, I think <laughs> that this is a story about Bill just being a, a man who is gross. and You know, is, yeah. like you said,
0: it's a Bill Clinton issue and if it it were just monica you know then maybe it it wouldn't be such an issue you know what i mean but it's like monica wasn't like now in hindsight i don't i don't think anyway that monica was just his girlfriend i think monica was like prey this was you know he knows how to take advantage of young women he's done this before he knows how to cover it up he knows just what to say to keep her on the line
1: yeah you know yeah
0: so you know, if it were just if it were just Monica, yeah, if it were just Monica, like maybe this wouldn't be such an issue, you right? Know? But the pattern, I think, does say everything. The fact that he was doing it while he was a student in college, while he was a professor in college, right? You know, while he was fucking governor, exactly.
1: Yep. Um, I think that because for a minute there, I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe he like is in love with Monica, but he can't be with her because he's the president, and you know, or he's trying to be the president, you know, whatever.
0: Maybe that's just what he wants her to think. Right, about,
1: you know? exactly. That's why I'm
0: saying, like, my he's just, emotions he's really
1: so high and smooth. smooth. Yeah.
0: Because mm-hmm. there's
1: points where but that's are like,
0: that, oh. But that's good. But that's good because it's like, I think we need to get into Monica's mindset. Yeah. You know? That's what we all forgot about. She's, like, for all we, we knew before this episode, she was just, like, dumb and slutty. And it's like, well, first of all, this slutty, like, she was passionate. And this was her boyfriend in her mind. You know what right. I mean? And I mean, yeah, at first she was kind of just, like, showing her thong and she was flirting. But it's like, dude, let's not slut shame over things like that, you know? The fact that he was a married man, yes, maybe. But like I said, like, you could call her a home wrecker. But there's... It was uh, him. It was him. He know, he was in that marriage, not her. It, it's like, think about it. Like, yes, in Hillary's perspective, it probably is, like, he's hooking up with this 22-year-old who's probably, like, putting her legs behind her bed, her head, And, you know, like wearing a thong and all this, you know what I mean? But like when you look at it in Monica's perspective, like she was just a little girl, yeah. you know, like you have to remember what you were like when you were 20, 22, 24, you know, and you were in love. And or you just like you got like the hots for somebody and you were just like a fucking roller coaster of hormones. Right.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: So, yeah, I think it's I think it's important that we look at both sides, because in all reality, none of these women. Well, I mean, I don't know if Hillary really did cover anything up, but, you know, the guilty person here is Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is the one who wronged everybody. He's the one who broke the law. He is the one who preyed on people. And he's the one who used his position of power for that. All right, so that's uh, pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. Don't forget that you guys can always look at a, a almost complete transcript of this episode, as well as my notes, some photos, some videos, and interviews and stuff like that on BrokenLimelight.com. There should be a link to this exact episode in the show notes. Um, you could also get some really cute merch on the website um another thing if you guys have been following my facebook page you probably saw that i made an announcement that we were going to have a conversation about leah thomas she is um the swimmer who has been the subject of conversation lately i i'm not bailing on that i promise we are waiting for um a friend a member of the trans community to take part in it and i really don't want to do it without him so um please be patient with us and we will get back to that eventually Um, by the way that episode is going to be available for about 48 hours and then it's going to become a bonus episode Summer and I are actually starting a subscription program so again you should be able to see in the show notes that um, you can support Broken Limelight for 99 cents a month that's it and that will also subscribe you to all of our bonus content
1: make sure you check it out
0: yeah it's only a dollar a month and it really means a lot to us to see that you guys are supporting us yeah for sure All right. So that's everything. Um, Thank you again, Summer, for being a guest. And until next time. All
1: right. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Are you muted? Damn it. Maybe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, what's up? I don't know why it mutes it right away.
1: Yeah, what's up? What
0: up? Sorry, I keep having little burps. Can you hear them? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) I thought there was a guy there. It was like, (laughs) (laughs) ugh. No, it's just because I'm so close to the microphone. It's like in my chest.
0: Monica met with Bill Clinton in the Oval Office. (laughs) Sorry, I'm high now. (laughs) Burp again. I keep burping,
1: yeah. And I I don't know why I haven't
0: like eaten anything.
1: Oh, that's probably why your stomach's like grasping at air.
0: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: Is that the jet that supposedly went to Epstein Island?
0: No. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're killing me.
0: Bark box, bark box, bark box, bark box. You guys know my dogs, Jude and Eleanor Wigby. Well, we just started getting a bark box and I'm telling you, your dogs will love you. No more are they angry at the mailman. No more I say. It's like a box of dog joy that's delivered every month, and each box tells a different story with different themed toys, treats, and photo-worthy props. Typically, what we get in each box is a couple of toys, a couple of treats, and a chew, but you can actually tailor fit your box to fit your dog's needs. Guys, I'm telling you, your dogs will love you, even more than they already do. So try it out, and if you use my link, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox, which is a $35 value. So just head to barkbox.com slash broken limelight and get started on your first BarkBox today. Box, bark box, bark box, bark box. <laughs> Nailed it, Jude.